1: You're listening to the Oz TV Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for episode number 15 of 24, season one. We're rolling along into the second half of the season with a whole lot of nothing happening. But there's some excitement because it's one massive scene, which may or may not even make our Hall of Fame is in this episode. And Milo briefly comes back. All the excitement that we've been waiting for uh, as we're going to go through hour 2 p.m to 3 p.m i believe yes correct yes correct uh the following takes place between 2 p.m and 3 p.m my name is colin and it's just assist
2: and my name is ben and this has nothing to do with me being black
1: Oh, that's so disappointing.
2: <laughs> I know. Sorry. There's actually, there's one we quote w- which I thought you were going to use, which I didn't want to use, and then neither of us used it. So, okay then. Fair
1: enough. Oh, is it the backup for the end of the episode if one of us stumbles across it in our notes?
2: Uh, well, I mean, uh, it, it's the, no, I won't say it. We'll see if it comes up. And I'll okay. use it at the end and everything. You know, because
1: <laughs> we can't. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I'm very excited to talk about one scene in this episode, which is probably going to dominate everything that we talk about. Uh, and one really fun character gets introduced this week that uh, is is kind of a tease because I remembered this character stretching across a couple of episodes, and I think that's the one um, thing I'm finding throughout covering season one because it's been so long since I watched season one. I think the last time I rewatched season one was before season four came out, so hmm. we're talking over 15 years. Uh, and there's characters that I'm like, yeah, I thought that they died earlier than this, and, and then there's characters where I'm like, yeah, I thought that they stuck around. With it. Ellis, um, yeah, <laughs> I love I like Ellis. Ellis.
2: It was uh, one of the uh, the the. Do you have like houses at your school, like the teams that you're like assigned to? <laughs> like, oh,
1: uh, you mean okay, like a, a, like as in a club? I thought you do you have houses? That, well, well, I'm we living could-
2: in one right now. <laughs> Do you have houses in Canada? No, we, we would like at our school, so like when you would have say like athletics carnival, um, you would be assigned to like in high school one of four different we call them houses, so kind of like teams. So like we would have like mm-hmm. a red team, a blue team, a green team and a and a yellow team. And the red team at my high school was called Ellis. So um, it was named after some important person at our school. I don't fucking know who he was. But anyway, I just, I hear Ellis and I think of my high school. So random tangent that Ben brings to the beginning of this episode that everyone cares about.
1: Were the other houses Dan, Rick, and
2: (laughs) 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 yes, Uh, Alexis? Whatever Tony's name was meant to be. B. All those (laughs) episodes. (laughs) I can't even remember what it was. Yes, it was.
1: Um, Absolutely. Uh, Jack Bauer. I was part of the house (laughs) of Jack Bauer. Yep. Now we don't have that here, but I would love to be able to say I'm of the house of whoever. It makes me feel like very Game of Thrones-like.
2: We. um, I was. So in primary school we would just either blue or yellow house because they were our school colours. But then yeah, I was. I was still. I was in the yellow team in my high school, which was called Jarvis, and we won everything. So, like, we always would win. I, I mean, clearly <laughs> I contributed. no help from you. I, I was the perennial achiever <laughs> in the athletics carnival. I brought home all the, the victories clearly there. I'm on all the record boards at my high school. But um, I remember our our house leader, he would like be like, boys, because it was an all-boys high school, like, eat your bananas, bananas, bananas. He was obsessed with bananas. I don't, he's probably gay. I have no idea. But... <laughs> we ate bananas and we won so yeah <laughs> go us
1: there you go eat bananas kids you will win or you might turn out gay we don't know <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and like <laughs> if, if you want to be gay eat bananas i'm saying it's a bad thing like i mean you know
1: the, the testing is still out but it's proven success no matter what you're going and, for in life if bananas. you want to be a lesbian if you want to be a lesbian eat a peach so simple <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to be president being black's okay
2: yeah, because it's got nothing to do with you being black. It's because <laughs> nothing to do with
1: being black. Approved
2: a mission in Serbia. So that's the problem. <laughs> if you want to be president, don't approve missions in Serbia, but be black. That's okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> David Palmer and Jack Powers meeting in this episode, and uh, all the other excitement that we're getting ready to talk about. I do think this is a slight improvement over last week. Maybe even more than a slight improvement. We'll see. Uh, I feel like I finished this episode pretty high on it, uh, and then went back and looked over my notes, and maybe was a little bit lower. But um, uh, there's there's some fun characters that make appearances here, some fun characters that make appearances again, uh, and <laughs> Terry and <laughs> Terry and Kim. Do stuff. Give a deposition. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Look, I, I want to start out by one thing. I actually do want to start out by saying because I feel we're going to spend a large portion of this episode bagging out Kerry and Tim. Kerry and Tim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Th- <laughs> Good Kerry <Carrie> and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, <gasps> <gasps> I don't think so, Tim.
2: Kerry <laughs> Russell. There she is. She's she's returned from Felicity. Um, Terry and Kim. <laughs> like, in in all seriousness, like. We're not going to blame. Um, we're not going to blame uh, Leslie Hope or, or Alicia Cuthbert. It's not their fault. They've been given what they're doing, and like, I mean, what? Like, as much as we, I feel we're going to bag them out for the rest of the season because the storylines they get are terrible. Like, what? What else could be done with them? I, I, I would yeah. like to kind of just point that out right now that I'm going to bag the shit out of some of these storylines in the coming weeks. But I have to look at it objectively and say. They've done what they've had. They've faced what they've faced. The first half of this season was them being kidnapped, and Jack had to find them. Realistically, now, what else can be done? We're we're, we're bored. We're bored with them in a hospital. Terry's pregnant, and Kim makes a phone call. Do we want to put up with that for the next like eight episodes? (laughs) No. Of course, we're going to have to have stupid storylines about amnesia and going to jail. But like, at the point is, I want to say right now, it's not their fault. (laughs) And there's, there's actually one. Sequence in this episode, which it's kind of shit, but I actually really appreciate it, and I'm gonna praise Leslie Hope so much for this when mm-hmm. we get to that in this episode. Um, and actually, a fun little fact in the in the official guide about uh, the scene between her and uh, Sarah Clark. So we'll get to that, but just prefacing that now, right now, bag them out for the rest of this season. The storylines <laughs> are shit, but it's not their fault. Because what would we rather watch? Terry gets pregnant. Kim makes a phone call. Cool.
1: And it, it, a weird part of me actually kind of appreciates that we get this there's nothing happening story because in reality, I mean, you have a 24-hour day like this, not everybody's going to be, you know, shooting people and kidnap. This. Sometimes there is, like, we have not seen Milo in four or five hours. I don't know if we needed to see it on screen, but if they had shown Milo just on his five-hour break, <laughs> you know, playing <laughs> pinball in in the uh the staff room you know yep. it, it it's realistic we're getting some realism here i mean the storyline isn't realistic but we're, we're getting to see life moves on for some people briefly and I, I
2: do remember when this show came out and like people would ask you know because the format was a novelty like real time so of course you'd have these things about like oh and jack never gets to go to the toilet or jack yeah. never gets to eat and ha, 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 so funny but like again you're right like You think about any day that you spend... If you've ever stayed up for 24 hours... Like, there are definitely moments... Unless you are Jack Bauer... That, you know... You're you're doing nothing... You're doing this... You're doing that... And Mm -hmm. sometimes that, I guess... Adds to the realism... Like, I don't think we really get this... Like, there does get to a point in future seasons... Where all of a sudden... They don't show somebody takes a pregnancy test and makes a phone call yeah. because they're realising we're not tuning in to watch this. Who cares about the nitty gritty of they need to eat, they need to go to the toilet. We don't give a fuck. Like, mm-hmm. don't show Terry for two episodes and come back to, oh, there she is. Oh, Terry's Did- okay. Terry's okay. Like you're saying with Milo. Like, you just don't see someone for a couple episodes while they're off doing the mundane shit. This is still the first season. They're still experimenting. They're still finding their feet. We bagged it out last week that it was a little bit soap opera and that sort of stuff, but, again, they're finding their feet. They're, they're trying to get to this, and they're literally making this up as they go along, people. They still don't know what's going to happen for the remaining eight or so episodes, nine or so episodes of this season.
1: Yeah, come on, people. Give them a break.
2: Yeah, don't listen to the Oz Network last week bagging <laughs> this show out like <laughs> it hasn't held up very well. We're back to defend it apparently.
1: <laughs> and... and- I'm going to be honest. I would rather watch Terry and Kim cleaning themselves up and getting a deposition and eating lunch than Nina spending 15 minutes walking back and forth between hospital rooms, seeing nobody there. Uh, You know, there are improvements here, even if the story is kind of joke-worthy.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, soap opera territory. Oh, somebody takes a pregnancy test and ooh, (laughs) like... (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, you've, you've got to take the good with the bad and... I guarantee you when we get to season six, we will be relishing these boring episodes (laughs) of nothing happening. I guarantee you in five seasons time, we're going to be going, oh, remember when Terry took a pregnancy test and Nina walked for like 15 minutes from one end of the hospital to the other? Wasn't that great
1: television? I mean, when Kim's being chased by a cougar and hiding in a closet, I'm going to be relishing this mundane episode of taking baths and eating breakfast.
2: Yeah, just the, the bad Kim this season does not even remotely compare to the bad Kim next season. Like Kim Kim couldn't do anything next season without something happening to her. Like, I mean, yeah. Kim wins a lotto and all of a sudden
1: she's a cougar's after. There it is, I bought the ticket, do- Kim. Can we just do a reboot of 24? Like, you know, forget about even a reboot. Do a rewrite and a reedit. Let's get a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a Gel Cerno cut. Uh, release the Cerno cut uh, when when Kim comes back. What is it, season eight when she comes back and her life's fallen apart? Oh, isn't there every season that Kim comes back, her life's falling apart? Like well, the one, the one where she's the one where she has the husband or whatever, and she's in therapy and she's basically season a basket five. case. That Is that season five? Okay, yeah. I don't know why. I saw season. season eight's where she had her life together again. That's what it was. Uh, yeah, so season five where she's just a complete mess and she's in therapy and she's... You know, one step away from being hospitalized. Uh, I just want it to be where she's like, I just want one normal day. And then the cougar just appears behind her. Like, Dear God, not again. She keeps running.
2: When we say this, when I say the words, if we ever get Alicia Cuthbert on the show, and that's up there with if we ever get Keeper <laughs> Sutherland on the show, like it's not going to happen. But like something happens, we get Alicia Cuthbert on the show. We have to guarantee that we will start out the interview. Alicia, welcome to the Odds Network. It's a pleasure to have you here. So cougars. Uh, <laughs> Get over and done with. Right now, cougars. Talk to us about cougars. I
1: I don't like them. They're fast and vicious. They get everywhere. get everywhere. (laughs) Uh, Let's jump into this episode. This one is not going to take us that long, famous last words. uh, But I love that we ended the last episode with um, our very suspicious first-time appearance, uh, a personal assistant, whatever, Elizabeth, just excusing yourself for a 15 minute long walk through the hotel lobby to go see Mr. Sexy Alexis Drazen, And that was like, I think literally in the montage, they show at the end of the episode, knocking the door. Hello. We start this episode 30 seconds later, sex is done. Alexis Drazen wastes no time. That's how they do it in Serbia or Kosovo. Even
2: even Colin understands that. He doesn't need to, like, question it. (laughs) I mean, the the two opening bits of this entire episode I have to question the timing of because, again, yes, like, it's like, boom, straight into the sack. And I, I do love this, like the way they do this sex scene. So at the end of last episode, it was all like heated and sexy, pin me against the wall, take me. Now it's all like slow-mo and I'm on top (laughs) and oh, it's romantic. Like fucking make your mind up. I'm sorry. This guy is a, is a Serbian with long hair and he's sexy. He just fucking shot, what's his face in the last episode and looked all cool with his sunglasses he's a badass motherfucker who's just going to bend her over and take her downtown right he's not going to be there in bed going oh romantic romantic like fuck off like just boom get in you're out clearly and then the other scene <laughs> at the beginning of this episode which is like rush rush you know i don't have time and i know i'm jumping ahead here taking you thunder but senator palmer who's like what's the hold up Grr, I, I, well, I can to exactly. remember my thing last week. I've, I've changed my impersonation. But he's like, I've been waiting here. Grr. And it's like, dude, you just walked in five seconds ago. They're busy. They're trying to stop people yeah. shooting you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They've got passenger lists that still take 12 hours to get Come through. Come on. You want to speed this up, David? Get on a passenger list yourself. Come on. Like, literally, literally
2: like, again, sorry to always bring up September 11. It's the flavour of the month at this point in history. But, like... <laughs> This again would be like Osama Bin Laden walking in <laughs> to the city. I'm here, guys. Just just wait, Osama. We're trying to find out who's, like, there's planes in yeah. the air. Like, we've got to stop them. It's like, guys, I'm here. No more planes. I promise <laughs> you they're all done. Like, you've got me. Arrest, just shut up, Osama. We're trying to stop 9-11. <laughs> this is David Palmer. They're like, oh, we've got to stop the senator are getting shot. He's in the building. Just shut up, David. We've got to stop the senator from getting shot. Like, lock him in a room right now. He's there. Put
1: him in a secure facility. He's not going to get shot. You've won. Your day's over. David, don't you want to go get a coffee? Milo, Milo, show him the pinball machine. David, we got a great pinball machine in the back there. Give us 10 minutes at least. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. <laughs> all we ask (laughs)
2: like uh, sorry any future attempt against senator is his own fault because he leaves the most secure building he could be in right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i want him to be like you know i need to see bauer now just give us a few minutes this isn't because i'm black i don't even know why i'm waiting (laughs) it's because of serbia
2: isn't it (gasps) operation nightfall (laughs) what are you talking about senator it's always about operation
1: nightfall (laughs) He, he goes to the, the, the drive through I've been waiting on my quarter pounder with cheese for five minutes. Is this because of Operation Nightfall? Or is it because oh. I'm black?
2: <laughs> You're always playing the Nightfall card, Senator. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Play the Nightfall
2: card. <laughs> the Nightfall card. Oh, I'll ask Operation Nightfall.
1: Because we can. <laughs>
2: oh god (laughs) these are why these episodes go long because we just (laughs)
1: yes jesus so david's waiting but again as david's like super impatient i need to get in now Chappelle is in there doing his little interrogation of bauer and i love that before even it does everything he's like uh, oh, no, 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 no sorry. I, I'm mixing up. I'm looking at my notes from last week. Sorry. Uh, no, when th- this is where uh, Chappelle's like, can I get you something? A coffee, a Danish, a smoothie. Is <laughs> it nightfall that you're offering <laughs> me a smoothie? <laughs> Why can't I have a milkshake? <laughs> Everybody knows smoothies are banned over there. Is that a joke? Are you making a joke about our operation? <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> Cancel Chappelle now! <laughs> Cancel culture.
2: Chappelle. You can't mention oh. the N word. Don't mention the N word in front of Palmer. Not Nightfall. <laughs> Cancel 24. Cancel culture. Put a warning in front of it. It's a time in history. This was accepted. <laughs>
1: The Fox Network does not agree with the views presented <laughs> <Yeah>. in this.
2: <laughs> I mean, of all the networks that would, it would be the Fox Network.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> of course.
2: <laughs> not saying anything there's,
1: there. Their standards. Uh, but <laughs> am I the only one who feels like we're getting a different Chappelle? We, we kind of commented it on, uh, commented it on, <laughs> <we> commented <laughs> it on Carrie and Tim uh, commenting uh, uh, the back in like the early episodes. About how Jack just didn't feel like Jack and David didn't feel like David. And we kind of excuse it as, well, nothing's gone wrong at this point. This is what they're always like. We just never see them normal again. Chappelle is almost way too normal and way too friendly here. Uh, and I don't know if we can blame, I mean, again, there's passenger lists they're going through, <laughs> there's been planes Busy. exploding, assassination <laughs> attempts. And I'm not saying I dislike it, I kind of find it fascinating to watch this a little bit more socially aware, um, friendly Chappelle, it's still kind of unnerving. Like there's a thing about Chappelle that's a, sort of off-putting and that's what you love about him. But this is different than what we're going to get from Chappelle in future seasons.
0: I, I
2: don't know if I really agree because I think kind of Chappelle's more, like I, I want to say slimy. Like I feel like y- you kind Politician-y. of- Like, to me, he's, like, the one who, yeah, he's playing by the books, but it's kind of just like, you know, he's almost, like, sucking up to the senator here, and he's kind of, you know, even when, like, Alberta stands up to him and is basically, and he's just like, no, like, you know, do as you. I I feel, because I always thought it was Chappelle who kind of gets the offer to go to D.C., um, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure that's actually Mason who gets the offer to go to D.C., because I think that next season when you get Mason back, he's like, I'm still waiting to get my call to go to D.C. Um, But, like, I I don't know. Like, it's it's interesting because I think, like, you don't. I don't think you really know what to think of this Chappelle guy. You're not meant to like yeah. him because he's kind of like the man and kind of against Jack and, you know, he's playing by the rules. He's playing by the books. Um, and I think he does get a little bit more aggressive and asshole ish And I think he he really does take over the Mason role, literally mm-hmm. kind of after Mason. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of see what you're saying, but at the same time I I don't really know if, you know, we understand too much because I think he's only in one more episode after this. I don't think Chappelle's in this for very long at all in season one. So... Uh, it's kind of like, I guess, Milo in a way, because like Milo comes back in season six randomly. <laughs> like, It's yeah. like we're meant to remember Milo, and, oh, here he is again, integral part of season six. <laughs> so, and that's not what's wrong with season six, people, all right? like Milo's yeah. cool. No,
1: we're putting it out there now. <laughs> Eric Benfler yeah. is never coming on the show now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Didn't come on this show at 5 a.m. to
1: format files. <laughs> well, speaking of Milo, he comes back from a five-hour lunch, I think. <laughs> And nobody said anything. Meanwhile, last week Nina asks to to go clean herself up, and Alberta's like, "No, Nina, there's work to be done." Uh, (laughs) Milo really is. (laughs) Well, I mean, we know that Milo is what he's like a subcontract employee here. He's not technically under the payroll. Do they even say technically? What he has he has a contract of some kind, but it's not like he's a typical employee. Uh, He's totally taking advantage of them here. Um, It's in my contract. I get five hour lunches. But um, they, they dropped the name Drazen here. Uh, and uh, then we're going to briefly cut to Kim and Terry. Uh, this episode, I'm just going to talk about all of Kim and, Kim and Terry's stuff. I was, I was so close to saying <laughs> Tim and Carrie. Tim, Tim and, and Carrie. Carrie.
2: <laughs> Tim and Carrie. Uh, <laughs> Good people.
1: Uh, uh, Kim and Terry uh, have, I, I don't know, a mother-daughter moment here. This is where Kim is so upset uh, because she finds out that the, the, there's the pregnancy test or whatever. And uh, <laughs> this this moment, I found some great rants. I wish I'd saved the link, but I found some great rants online about Kim's reaction to this pregnancy, because it's exactly what I thought. She's like, how could you not have told me that you and dad were trying? And it, uh, posts from probably the year 2002 uh, of people just completely losing it on Kim, because they're like, first of all, Worst things have happened right here. Do you need to be making it about you? Second of all, what teenager says, how could you not have told me you and Dad were having nightly sex trying to <laughs> knock you up? No teenager is gonna want to say it. I should have been in on this. I should have been cheering you on with pom poms, going, <laughs> yeah, Go exactly. Mom and Dad, I
2: want a boy. Um <laughs> It is kind of true though. Um it it is a bit odd. And I also do love the fact that she kind of questions terry is it to say like you were just raped like five hours ago is yeah. it eli's like i love how terry <laughs> has to explain like that's not possible like <laughs> is that the big plot twist of season two who's the father eli or
1: jack <laughs> but no in a way i feel like the writers do try to make that something the audience is going to question which mm. is ridiculous um, but I don't know if we even need this pregnancy storyline. I mean, Leslie kind of talked about it in our interview with her, like where would they have gone if mm. she had, you know, had a different ending to the season. Uh, yes. But this, this, I don't know, the pregnancy storyline is not pleasant uh, at any point.
2: It's, without giving away the end of the season, I think it adds weight to the end of the season. Like, Oh, the final scene pregnant. completely, yeah um mm-hmm. particularly where she something happens um but um it yeah like i think it just it borders and like again maybe they kind of at this point were thinking you know where they would go with it and that was one yeah. of the options so it would add weight to it but you're right because like <laughs> you, you talk about jumping the shark and these sort of things and we'll get to a couple of episodes time one trope that i fucking hate and that they're going to do in this season. But, like, pregnancy is definitely one of those as well. I mean, name a show where they've made a character pregnant and it's generally been a good thing. Like, I mean, it's... uh, You know, there are some shows where maybe that's at the very beginning they start off pregnant or whatever, but, like, a baby to the mix, like... Again, without spoiling anything, like, do we really want season two of Jack trying to save the world from a nuclear bomb while trying to get some pampers at the same time to make sure that, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's he's toddler, he's, he's dry at night? Like, I mean, I don't think we kind of want to see that. Um, so,
0: I, like, I get it, but,
2: like, again, it kind of, I think, and this is maybe where we were always going to go in the next final episodes, what else could they have done here? You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, if Terry's not pregnant in this episode and adds an extra thing to it, like... I mean, I kind, of, I kind of like the moment when they're like, when are you going to tell dad? And she straight away is like, let's tell him now. Because you're always assuming these things like, oh, it's got to be the right time, Kim. And, you know, "Oh, we'll tell him later. But, like, it's kind of almost like a bit of a, oh, like she's going to ring him up right now. And it's like, honey, I'm with the future president of the United States. Is this because of nightfall that you're calling me? Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> is it because of nightfall? <laughs> Um, and then I think it kind of, like, adds something a little bit to the end of the episode when, you know, Terry's having a bit of a breakdown. So, yeah, again, it's it, literally this episode borders down to Kim and Terry eat lunch. <laughs> they're wanting to find out when they're talking to their dad. Someone gets pregnant and they get interrogated. Because, like, I think there's that scene where they're in the car and, like, literally every single conversation that Kim and Terry seem to have. Where's dad? When do we get to speak to dad? Where's dad? When do we get to speak to dad? I mean, again, kind of his fault. He did rescue you a week ago and just pawn you off straight away. So, yeah. you know, and he did promise. Didn't he promise, Terry, like, I'm never leaving you again or something like that when they were in the hospital? Yeah, exactly. So, um, Jack Bauer, the man of broken promises. But, um, I
1: like, yeah, Kim's, Kim is very...
2: Oh, you didn't but in me? all
1: fairness, she is a teenager. I think, I yeah. I don't know if... I mean, I, I wouldn't have been saying, like, you should have told me you we're having sex to my parents, you know, but... I probably still would have been selfish enough to be like, "Well, did you think about how this would affect me? Did you?" I do, I
2: do like, and like Leslie Hope, as, as, as crap as the material is, is actually really great in this episode, and I do oh, yeah. like, I do like that scene where she kind of says to Kim, like, like sometimes you got to think of other people, Kim. Like, yeah, you know, this isn't about you, and then she just kind of closes the door. And I, I actually, I really like that. The way she reacts to Nina when she, like, does a pregnancy test and Nina knocks on the door and she's like, Terry, and she's just like, yes, like, that look on her face and kind of she's, like, shocked but smiling at the same time, like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, Terry goes through a bit of shit in this episode, let's be honest, like, kind of the highs of being pregnant to the lows of what she's about to be found out in a few minutes
1: uh i just want to quickly mention kim's part of this which is not really even worth commenting on other than the fact that uh as they're going through nina's depositions of them which i don't know if this is something that they need to do right away we need to get your testimony you know on camera right away and we need to send nina down there but uh with kim the whole dilemma is do i tell them about rick are they gonna go find rick Rick and I ever going to go to a furniture store again? If, if, you know, he ends up getting brought in for questioning Uh, and she phones Rick Uh, again, I don't know why they've given them cell phones. If this is like a top secret thing and we need to question you first. Uh, But that's pretty much all of Kim's story. Uh, Terry's is the part that's uh, really worth something here. I mean, aside from just her giving her account of everything that happened, what it comes down to is Terry, I guess finding out that Nina was the other woman, which I, i think what surprised me in the season is that they they played it in a way where you weren't you weren't thinking necessarily oh she knows but you were also suspecting terry knows it's nina so it kind of made for some weird scenes earlier on because they never go out of their way to say I, I think she even says yeah i know jack was seeing somebody but she's telling this to other people so you think she's just not mentioning nina by name there so it did come uh, as a bit of a surprise when she's asking Nina this question. And uh, I remember watching this be like, oh, she are, she doesn't know. And, and then you're like, how awkward is this gonna be? Uh, and the way the scene's played, I mean, it, I think the predictable way to play the scene would have been, Terry just gets really upset. Nina's like, no, 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 Terry, it's okay, it's okay. Nothing, it was very brief and uh, I have no feelings for him whatsoever. I just wanna be like, no, I'm with a real man now, Terry. He's got a <laughs> Cubs cup. He's got cuppy, okay? <laughs> and when we're out of the office, he's in charge. He's the one in charge. He's got what was the credentials or um, yeah. oh.
2: <laughs> the flavor saver that makes him <laughs> <the> credentials.
1: <laughs> remember, he's, he's got that flavor saver. Okay, we, but we need to stop taking
2: so long in between recording these episodes. We lose our in
1: yeah. jokes, people. Uh, but otherwise, the scene—it's so. It's so against what you expect it to be. And it's it's kind of a nice scene while at the same time a very uncomfortable scene. Like, it's hard to explain why this scene works so well. But uh, I think of all the things we're going to get of Terry in the second half of the season, this is one of the strongest ones. And as you mentioned, maybe one of the best ones Leslie Hope has this entire season.
2: And, yeah, like, it's it's so easy to just pass this off as just what we were saying last week, a bit soap opera and all that kind of stuff. And, and admittedly, it maybe is. But the difference is, is how this is handled and how it's acted. Um, yeah. In the in the official guide, and we'll just give it a plug, the official companion seasons one and two by Tara DeLulo, available now on Amazon, um, it, it goes into detail here about how both Sarah Clark and Leslie Hope said this was basically one of their favourite scenes of their mm-hmm. entire time on 24. And um, Sarah Clark said that they actually went to the producers and said, like, we need to tweak this. Like, we need to make this a bit more... Female-oriented, like this is how women mm-hmm. would speak to each other. This is, you know, like clearly men wrote it, and then so they've got to, no. This is not how women would speak to each other. This is how it would go down, and like holy crap, like whatever they did worked because you're yeah. right. Like it's so easy to just be like terrorist on off, but like you just. You feel for like you kind of feel for both of them weirdly. Like this mm-hmm. isn't like this isn't like Jack cheated on Terry. They they were on a break to use. They the were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> we were on a break. Um, but you know, so it's it's complicated. You know, they were separated at the time. So Jack had a relationship, but then obviously, as Nina says, like, but she he didn't want to be there, so he went back. And you feel for Terry because. You know, like realistically, if you and and this is not being, being a dick, this is legitimately being serious. If if you and, and Jamie right now separated for a little bit and then you came back and found out that she was with someone, no matter whether you're apart or not, you, you feel a bit odd. Uh, so you've got questions and then like you've also got to add levels to this that Terry's been up for 24 hours she's tired she's just been kidnapped and this is like what i really love about the end of this episode i I remember this being one of those cliffhangers where i'm kind of like this is a bit of a stupid cliffhanger so when we get to season three and the end of season cliffhanger that season three ends on i remember at the time fucking hating it because we'd had two massive cliffhangers in season one and season Mm. two and you're expecting this massive cliffhanger in season three and what we get i remember going that's it but now Mm. it's probably one of my favorite cliffhangers because it makes so much sense
1: it's a three season build to that cliffhanger if you want to call it that
2: and i think again jumping ahead here but 24 kind of almost built itself for the first six seasons as two halves season one two and three you lump together seasons four five and six you Mm lump together so that kind of makes sense anyway getting on a tangent this episode the way it ends so like terry's reaction when she's like i i need to you know take a moment and then kind of like she ends up speaking to Jack and clearly she's upset. And then when Kim confronts her, you know, and again, like just this whole end of the episode, I just feel so much for Terry. I feel so much for Leslie Hope, the way she's doing it. And the end when you've kind of got her laying on the bed and you've got that creepy piano music, like she's just absolutely going crazy. Like it's, it is just a perspective. I've never been able to watch it before. And like, like I talk about one scene in this episode, holding this episode up. I've, I've gone on a tune now. We're just the, the, the Terry stuff at the end is yeah. actually just, I feel for her and it's, it's so well acted. And again, fine. It's not the greatest stuff we're ever going to get in 24. This isn't going to be a top 10 moment at the end of, uh, you know, eight, nine, 20,000 seasons, but it's just, it's just one of these subtle little moments, which I just love. And all the props to Leslie. I, I wish that we had watched this episode before we had interviewed her to bring it up to her because yeah. um, it is, uh, yeah, it's a great moment well, and really good for her.
1: Hey, I mean, we, we've had Leslie Hope back on the show even since then. Uh, if you listen to our episode on Lie Exposed. So, I mean, she, she's almost the new queen of the Oz Network. Maybe we can get her back on at the end of the season uh, just to talk about this one scene.
2: Well, we've talked about, um, you know, potentially doing some sort of reunion Obviously, uh, you know, while, um, you know, this airs towards the end of the season, of course, it's 20 years this year since the first season. So maybe if we end up doing some form of reunion, I'm sure we'll be able to get her on. Um, Alicia Cuthbert, hey, how you doing, Cougar? Uh, We'll get the Cougar on (laughs) from season two. Um, I'm sure it's still alive in the hills of Los Angeles somewhere. Uh, How long do Cougars live for? I don't know. Ask Courtney Cox. But, um, yeah, I...
1: She was in a show called Cougar Town. That's where the joke comes from. (laughs) Come on! I I I felt like you had to fill the audience in there. <laughs> That's
2: where the joke comes from, people. And plus, she's very attractive for her age. All right, good for her. Um, but yeah, um, I lost the point of where I was going with that. But Leslie well, Hope,
1: good for you. I mean, not even too much to comment on this, but obviously the end of the episode is she's talking to Jack and is like, "Anything else you want to talk about, Terry? Anything, anything at all? No, nothing." And she doesn't tell him. Uh, but back to the scene, like I was saying, it's unpredictable. What? And, and I'm glad you mentioned that they, they had a say in this because I was almost going to say that the scene felt like it was written for women because I have seen women, you know, fight. I mean, I mean, I'm not talking about like some, you know, <laughs> uh, adult videos or something.
2: <laughs> what I, are I've those, seen... Colin? What are adult videos? Explain to me you know, your,
1: your interpretation it's... of adult videos. You know, it's funny because um, I, I, I realized through recording with Jamie, uh, lately, some of our movie recaps that uh, I have a tendency to in- inappropriately use the phrase, this is like a very adult movie, when I'm referencing just a movie that's more mature than it should be, because she's like, the- we're doing the parent trap, and I'm like, yeah, you know, this one scene is-, is more more like it's from some, you know, classy adult film, and she's like, classy <laughs> adult film? What have you been watching? <laughs> I mean, you-, you go, you
2: see UFC DVD and think it's porn, so... <laughs>
1: They're fighting,
2: or they're having sex. I don't know. Uh, but have you uh, actually women, ever you... watched porn, Colin? Can I ask you that?
1: No, I have never seen, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, i think the closest thing I have probably seen to porn uh, might be the sex scene in the room. Uh, Are you actually being
2: serious? That you've never been dead porn?
1: serious. You've it, never watched porn. If if I ever saw it, it would make me so uncomfortable. Like I'm not even joking because. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, even as a even as a married man who's married to a woman who you know. Is not shy about anything. You know, when we watched the Terminator movies a couple of years ago, and there's the the Kyle Reese Sarah Connor sex scene, I'm just like, can we fast forward this? Like, it's really uncomfortable. It doesn't even matter. I'm wa- I can be watching it by myself, and I'm like, oh,
2: I don't know about this. Oh. Remember, remember a while ago when Billy Garcia hashtag Bring back Billy said that he's like forsaken. We're doing a score for a porn film, and we joked that we would do like <laughs> a commentary, or a, we are so doing that. Or we're we gonna get like <laughs> Debbie Does Dallas, and you have to what like. I mean, Jesus Christ! How did you watch the Thomas Crown affair? I mean, like, what, what, what like what, the root? Yeah, God! Like, wow, Colin! I need to have words with your wife.
1: That's, you're you're doing nothing with my wife. <laughs> As we said, she's not shy. I am. Yeah,
2: I'm sure she'd come on right now, Jamie. Have you ever watched porn today? Or <laughs>
1: Wow. But I can't remember what I was going with. Like, Oh Yeah, women fighting. Okay, women <laughs> f- fighting. <laughs> uh, I watch
2: women th- fighting all the time. It's great. <laughs> you wouldn't know what it's like. <laughs> but,
1: but, you know, like, I think I'm not even going to say it's a stereotype. It is 100% true. Women do hold grudges differently than guys do. I mean, guys will get over something. Guys will be screaming at each other initially, and then they're over it 10 minutes later. Uh, women will hold grudges, but when they get their heads together – this is what an argument sounds like. And I, I, I won't even tell the story, but Jamie had to call somebody recently on the phone and, and kind of give them like a, no, this this wasn't, you, you shouldn't have done this. And, and it's not at all the way I would have done it. I mean, it was like the way that these two are talking here. So uh, this is progressive 2002 filmmaking here. Let's let the women have a say. because if And you know, it's funny because um, uh, we, we just got a, uh, a home theater projector. Uh, which, by the way, they're super cheap right now. I and mean, we got one for like $200. So go on Amazon, get yourself one, because it looks great. The first two things we watched were Speed and Twister. And remember the part in Twister where uh, right before they chased the first tornado and uh, M- Melinda, a.k.a. Melissa, is talking oh. to Helen Hunt. And uh, Melinda just out, out of out nowhere. <laughs> yeah, but she out of nowhere just says, you're still in love with him, aren't you? yeah and then Helen Hunter sort of looks and the 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 waitress the is waitress like, yeah okay <laughs> and even even Melinda is like not that I blame you I mean he is quite a man that <laughs> scenes kind of has a similar feel to it like it's not like stay away from a man it's like you know what I understand it's okay, but i I, I, I trust him but <laughs> <you> don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> This was Bill Paxson. That was a man. <laughs> no, we had a little one. Remember true lies. I have a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, this a complete side note there. That's what it, yeah, the I at mean, the look, again, of dynamic. Clearly two men
2: talking about how women interact. It's, um, <laughs> I it's what we, we do have on the Oz Network. Wo-
1: we have seen real women interact. That's our expertise here. Again, I'm the relationship expert on this podcast.
2: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Why open that can of worms? But um,
1: no, like I,
2: I I know, like I I get it, like and this is where it's. I mean, even without reading that, what I just read, then like it 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 does feel realistic, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just and like I'm I'm praising obviously Leslie Hope, but like I mean, even Sarah Clark, the kind of way she's sort of mm. sidestepping a little bit here, like. As soap opera as it may be, it it doesn't like last week was soap opera. Like
0: because we can't, Keith, the goddamn Keith, listen to me, we can't. <laughs> like
2: that's what last week was. This week it's like because we can't. Like, yeah. it's, sorry, Timothy Dalton. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> Mr. Pricklepants. Oh, uh, buddy. <laughs> but um, no, like it, it's 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 re- like. You can have soap opera storylines. Like I guarantee you that if you got, like, you know, the the best... If you got uh, Jan de Bont to direct an episode of Days of Our Lives, it would be shit blowing up and everything. But, like, you know, if you were to get Steven Spielberg to direct an episode of Days of Our Lives, like, even, like, Melinda, I'm sleeping with your brother <laughs> and he's pregnant with demon babies. <gasps> da, da, da. Like, he would make it realistic so you yeah. would, like, believe it and not be soap opera-y you know so um i think this is like realistic soap opera basically is yeah. what i'm trying to say
1: yeah uh now on to the good stuff the jack stuff the the palmer stuff uh <laughs> when palmer is on the phone when he won't be let in and <laughs> he makes his uh, I'm, I'm gonna call in a favor uh, I, I love that we're only hearing his side of the conversation or we might hear the other side, but I, I just sort of noticed that they, they say something like, Oh, well, who's in charge over there? And he, the way he says, Ryan Chappelle,
0: <laughs> but, even, but even the
2: guy on the phone, cause you do hear that other guy, whatever his name is. Like, is it like, uh, I did write it down somewhere. Um, junior Alan. Senator or something, S- some guy called Alan. Is it Alan York? Maybe Alan, <laughs> Alan, <laughs> Alan. <laughs> why did you say that name? <laughs> So did we ever talk about the honest trailer for Jurassic Park 3 at the end of it when they get there oh, and they're like, yeah. the one where the raptor says Alan? <laughs> like <laughs> fucking brilliant. I would never forgive Colin Hilding for defending the scene <laughs> where the raptor says Alan. Like, this is one of his dumbest moments on the Oz Network. Anyway. And I've had I've had a few. <laughs> More than a few. Um but I, I, even, like, Alan's on the phone, the way yeah, he's like, Ryan Chappelle. You hear that guy on the other side of the phone, he goes, oh, yes. Like, he, the way he kind of says it, oh. like, leave it with me, Ryan. <laughs> and that's kind of where it goes into that sleazy nature that even, like, it's kind of like a bit of a play on words here that you've got the guy at, like, DOD or whatever, he's basically going like, oh, Ryan Chappelle. Like... <laughs> That's what people do with me. Like it's literally like, who's who's the host of that show? Ben Ben Mornerworth. Leave it with me. (laughs) Just show him some porn. He'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Boobs. I'm in.
1: But uh the way the Chappelle just caved so quickly, I mean, this is the Chappelle that I remember. You know, oh absolutely. I'll let him in right away, sir. <laughs> you may the go thing- in and see Mr. Bauer now.
2: <laughs> even even the way that he kind of like holds like the, the the face that he kind of has, like, and this kind of goes back into that almost like sleazy, like do it do it do whatever it takes, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm just caving because authority was Paul Schulz or whatever is? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but Schulz yeah. or Schulz um and he's been in few he was actually i watched panic room not that long ago and he's um one of the cops that helps jodie foster at the very end um and he's he pops up in things every now and then but um yeah like just just the way he kind of like does this like i don't know like we're 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 underselling like just people bookmark Chappelle because i mean again as we said last week the one of the most iconic scenes in all of 24 top five by far probably top three moments in the history of this show is coming with this man and it is unforgettable like jaw-dropping television when this scene happens in season three um but like now it's just kind of just you're kind of seeing some roots here and that you, you're not getting too much room but yeah i just love the way he kind of just caves in and and i, I also love palmer like i just i love all gruffy bear palmer here how he's basically all of a sudden like I don't want all the cameras off and I want this and I and I want a latte and I and I want the latest edition of Harry Potter (laughs) I want Natalie Portman naked on my desk here in five minutes like he just he just everything he says smoothie (laughs) no I want a milkshake um strawberry milkshake like, just the way he, like, just... Oh, and, and Chappelle's just like, Yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full, sir.
1: Like, well, <laughs> do you know, what, you know what's the best part of what Chappelle is? When he's on the phone, too, he even says, Oh, absolutely. Thank you for helping me cut through the red tape. Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> then we get Alberta at the end when he's just basically, like... The way, like, Jack's been arrested, Jack's this, Jack's that, bad Jack, naughty Jack, go to jail, Jack. And then all of a sudden, Senator Palmer's like, girl, graffy bear, I'm Palmer. <laughs> and Chappelle's like, you'll be on an interim basis. And Alberta's like, but sir! It's like C-3PO. <laughs> but sir! <laughs> the chances of surviving somebody being on interim is 70,000 to one. Never give me the odds! <laughs> it's Alberta. But, um... <laughs> But like, no, like, <laughs> this, is, this is so funny talking about this episode because again, we're talking about some pretty outlandish shit here. But like, it's kind of like what I said last week about how like I went into last week thinking like, oh, am I going to rent it or am I going to bin it? And we ended up bidding it because it was rubbish. This <laughs> week, it's kind of the opposite. Like, the more and more I talk about it and say like, well, actually, this is pretty good and I like this and I like that. It's shit, but it's actually kind of entertaining to watch. Like, this isn't a great episode of Twenty Four, but there's, mm-hmm. I mean, we're about to you're about to talk about the one scene which is potentially a Hall of Fame moment for this season, but. Um, um,
1: yeah, like the, the, even the silly moments are kind of good. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, when Palmer goes in to see Jack, I mean, this is what the episode's oh. all about. And this is, I mean, I, I was kind of shocked when it came up in this episode. I mean, well, it's the start of the episode, so I wasn't shocked. I knew it was coming. But I was kind of shocked when I got to the end of this episode and realized that's all this episode had going for it. Because this was one of those key moments you know, like the interrogation of Jamie and uh, the, the cliffhanger we're going to get at the, end, the end of the season and, uh, you know, Jack meeting a, a particular Drazen. That's just like one of the ultimate moments of this season. And that's all this episode has going for. But this scene is so incredible. And, and Palmer coming in like hot-headed, you know, uh, and Jack having no clue that Palmer thinks that the, he's the assassin. He thinks that somebody, oh, he surely he realized that I wasn't actually trying to kill him. Like, Jack's just making a lot of assumptions. If I was Jack, even not knowing, you know, the whole Kosovo connection, he should probably still be a little bit worried. You know, uh, this senator probably thinks that I'm a racist <laughs> at the very least. But... Uh, but-
2: Sorry, keep going, I interrupted you, Colin. How rude of me, I apologise.
1: <laughs> no, no, go ahead, I was I was going to move on to something else. shut
2: up. Um. So, <laughs> I, I even like the bit, like, when Tony sort of comes in and he's just like, hey, was he like, Chappelle wants to see you in the lunchroom or something like that? And Jack's like, oh, yeah, cool, thanks, Tony. I kind of like calm Jack because, like, Jack's yeah. sort of been yelling in Alberta, like, you didn't tell me the truth, fuck you, ah, I'm Jack Bauer. And all of a sudden What's he's just sir? like... Oh. <laughs> Um, God, everyone's C-3PO apparently <laughs> Go on without me I can't possibly go on <laughs> <laughs> I can't Wonderful okay. Jack, I, There we go If we ever reboot 24 If Jill Cernow is listening I want you to write in a line Where Jack Bauer goes Damn it,
1: wonderful
0: <laughs> I never doubted for a second
2: um, but very modern man, Jack Bauer. He does have a man bag coming up soon. Um, but I love it when like he doesn't know, and just just the moment he walks in that room and kind of like Palmer turns around. It's it's almost very much like Empire Strikes Back of Han Solo yeah. going in the door and Darth like all you need is yeah. Jack Bauer to go pew 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 and so then like hold up his hand, um, and then you just need Tony to go. I'm sorry, sir. They arrived just before
1: you came. In. <laughs> I had no choice. I'm I'm sorry too.
2: (laughs) But, like, it's just just such an epic moment. And, like, correct me if I'm wrong. I think maybe season four, but this might be the only ever episode or scene we ever get with Jack and Palmer in a room together. Like, Mm -hmm. I think season four, no, I'm pretty sure he's on the phone to him. Yeah, it's a phone call. Okay, well, there you go. So this is literally the only time we ever get Jack Bauer and Dan. And, like, I mentioned last week in the the episode there where they were talking about how this is a dynamic. And it is a powerful moment. Like, it it really is. Like, I mean, you've got two amazing actors here in Dennis Haysbert and Keith Sutherland who just own it. This whole sequence when Palmer's like, why are you trying to kill me? Um, And Jack's like, you know, I didn't. I didn't. It's wonderful. (laughs) Um, But just Because I
0: I (laughs) can't. Because we can't.
2: Palmer's I didn't wake up at 5am This morning To be assassinated by you um, But like Just just, But the way like I love Like Palmer's reaction His facial expressions And there's that one scene And fucking hell Keeper Sutherland deserved Any Emmy in Golden Globe He got It was Golden Globe He got this season When mm-hmm. he's like They're getting so heated At each other They're yelling And all of a sudden Jack really raises his voice And he literally stops And he like Holds his finger up And he's just like I'm gonna calm mm-hmm. down now And then he just like That's brilliant Like I don't know if that is written in the script or Kiefer Sutherland just goes like, you know, nope, this is how this scene's gonna go. Like that would be an amazing thing to to get Kiefer on so again. Kiefer and Alicia—they're lining up, they're banging on the doors of the Oz network <laughs> to get on. We're just so busy, we can't get them on. But um, just epic little moments like that, and for sure, this is a nomination for top five because. I mean, you could cut every scene these two have in this episode and put it together as one. But I think it's just this opening bit when they're kind of going off at each other. Because at the end, when they shake each other's hand, there's that moment where kind of like Palmer's almost confiding in Jack about family troubles. Uh, and then, like, Palmer says that thing when he's like, you know, even after everything you've been through, like, your your, your wife, your daughter, you know, and you're still caring about me. Like, just little things like that. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, this opening sequence between the two is... Um, is great. And one thing I will say too that I really like as Jack's going to meet Palmer is kind of everyone's staring at Jack. Everyone in like yeah. CTU are staring at him like, ooh, look at Jack. Uh, and then even I, I did like that little subtle moment the way Jack says to Milo, like, sorry I took the key card from you, <laughs> Milo. Like, <laughs> calm, Jack. But um, yeah, anyway, so uh, I, I, I love this. And we hear the words Operation Nightfall, we hear the M word. So yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's the connection they put together. Kosovo, I knew it. It's always Kosovo. Damn but, it! <laughs> but you know what? I, I also have seen men fight before, and I think this is pretty have realistic. <laughs> what porn are you watching, Colin? Uh. <laughs> but uh, basically, after they put together the Kosovo connection, uh, that's when they need to bring in Robert Ellis. I think one of the unsung heroes of this season. What a quirky character! I don't I don't know if this was the intention that they wanted, because we talked about, you know, when uh, you know, Assistant Elizabeth gets introduced last week that it felt like, oh, this is so obvious introducing a major character. And I still say it, it feels that way with Ellis here. I mean, even more so because with Elizabeth, I mean, yeah, they give her the introduction like, oh, good night. And then they follow her 15 minutes or an elevator. So, you know, something's up with her. With Ellis, just the fact that he's such a quirky character. He's in New Orleans, you know, he's doing his job from a bar. He's got all the connections. Like, you feel like this is somebody... That would be introduced. Uh, a good comparison um, would be uh, who am I thinking of? There's somebody in future season. Um, let's just say B- Buchanan, okay? Sure. So, B- Buchanan, you know, he comes in, you think, oh, okay, this is a guest spot for three, four weeks. And then within another season, they've got a major role for him. You know, they find a way to work him in. I feel like you could have done that with Ellis or just have Ellis be one of these guys that comes back every once in a while. But uh, basically, he just takes the case and in the back of a bar, puts everything together, gets him the information, but he's going to end up dead, sadly. Uh, really not much else to talk about here other than Milo gets to talk to Ellis, so Milo still has a job. <laughs> I, uh, love I love <laughs> Jack and Palmer being a dick to Milo. He's like, hey,
2: Milo, great thing that you did with that MI5. Huh? Who is this guy? What's your password? And he looks at
1: Jack and just like, give <laughs> it to him. <laughs> well, and, and trivia here, the, the password is something like LFN or something. Yeah. Uh, and i just read this in the trivia that that was put in for la femme nikita which eric Belfour was on uh the la femme nikita show which uh also you know had um uh, 24 cochran. connection yeah with robert cochran and everything yeah uh so a little fun moment but uh, really i don't even think there's much to talk about here what ellis is doing is pretty basic it's just the fact that instead of having some random character at ctu do this they call up a guy in this exotic location in new orleans who has a lot of personality and ends up dead that I think gave this episode a little bit of that shocker, even though it shouldn't be because he's a one-off character.
2: I think in a way you're sort of underselling the importance of all this stuff because, I mean, as much as we joke about Operation Nightfall, it is very important because this is... Oh, it's
1: the key to the whole season. And
2: it's, let's be honest, it's the key to season three. Uh, If you're remembering how season three plays out, it's because of certain, you know, that. And I own at least the first couple of comics i actually I, I mean i'm in a place now where i have them again so i should actually dig them out if i can find them i don't know if i bought all of them but they released a comic series of operation nightfall to kind of you know give like a, a story of it um and i've got at least the first couple so maybe I'll, I'll dig it out in between now and next week and uh read it i'll read colin um <laughs> and kind of go through it but it, it's kind of one of these things that they, it is a, is a very significant thing so like obviously it all basically borders down to it was a what a Jack was in the Army or the Secret Service, not Secret Service, uh, Special Ops, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And basically they were trying to cleanse Kosovo of Victor Drazen, who was basically a, a bastard and racial cleansing or whatever they say he was doing and essentially we find out that um in the raid that they thought killed victor drazen it also killed his wife and daughter so it's an eye for an eye so basically mm-hmm. you know that and, and then like we joke about like palmer it's not even because i'm black like like it's, it's actually it is a pretty powerful scene the way palmer says that like he's kind of like you know it's got nothing yeah. to do with this it's got nothing to do with that it's got to do with because i approved this mission and it's i think we
1: talked <laughs> i'm about david this palmer <laughs> and i approve this mission <laughs>
2: I think we talked about at the very beginning of this season that like how this is just bare basics. It's literally about somebody trying to assassinate a presidential candidate. And again, even the the reason behind it, like you could have easily written this as racist Victor Drazen hates black people. So he wants to like, you could have easily taken that route, but they don't. And like, that's kind of that realization here where even Palmer says it. And it's just... You, you moving forward. Every season of Twenty Four, there's a nuclear bomb. There's a there's a virus. There's you know drones. There's a <laughs> Die Hard four storyline. Like just everything's yeah. got this like massive outlandish plot. Which again, I'm not saying is bad. Like you always knew that there was gonna be a season about a nuclear bomb. Like I mean, did we have like three seasons about a nuclear bomb anyway? So mm-hmm. you know, um, four maybe a lot of seasons about a nuclear bomb to come, people. But um, like but this only is one on a only one about a cougar with a nuclear bomb. It's like a nuclear cougar, um, a new a new, cu- a new cougar, a new cougar. I can't do it, but yeah. So like, I I just like this reasoning behind a it. Couglier.
1: Um, a couglier. <laughs> I,
2: feel, I feel that's Courtney Cox's nickname. Um, she is a nuclear cougar, um, but yeah. I, again, I like it, and Ellis. Yeah, like I I I think I remember that he was just a one one ep- And like, I get it. Like, bring him back, but. I don't think you need to in a weird way. Like he's kind of a Chloe and you kind of get, like you have your geeky tech person every season. You've got Milo next season. It's um, who is it next season? Michelle. <laughs> Michelle. No, she's really geek. no, that, um, that, no,
0: ran- she's... Who's
1: that? it what? was her geekiest season.
0: I feel, no, we've got, um, no, we've got what's
2: her face from Roseanne. Sarah, what's her name? She is in it for a few episodes at the beginning. She's the geeky one. Then she, dis- I'm not going to say how she disappears, oh. but, um, Sarah, she's famous. She's on that view show now. She's one of the hosts of it.
1: Oh, Gilbert. You know yeah. Sarah no, yeah, Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very struggling. much. I was struggling. I'm like, who is he talking about? <laughs> and then, yes, it clicked.
2: And then we get, like, you know, Chloe. Then we get, what's his face? Uh, Ker- uh, not Kirk, uh, Spock from fucking Star Trek comes into it for a season. Yeah. We Edgar. get these people. Thank you. Exactly. Edgar, you know, um, bloody even what's a face. Um, Katie Sackhoff is in a season later yeah. on. Bloody Freddie oh, Prince.
1: Katie Sackhoff's well, no
2: geek. <laughs> well, Freddie Prince Jr. isn't a geek. He's Jack Bauer 2.0. I can't wait till we yeah. get to that season because I think like Freddie Prince Jr. fucking hates 24. Like he like bagged out ja- uh, Keith Sutherland <laughs> as being a dick on set, and like there's all this stuff we need to get to the bottom to when we get to the Freddie Prince Jr. season. But anyway. Point is, I don't know if we really could have had Ellis for much longer. Like, I see what you're saying. Like, he would have been interesting. But, um, I don't know. Like, I kind of like that he's in and got. And the line that he says, there's a line that he says, which is going to be my quote, which I'm not going to say it. I'll save it to the end. Uh, but I really like the line. I like, he's, What is he playing? Random dice game with random New Orleans guy. Uh, so, yeah. And this is a rarity. This is a rarity that we get kind of a cut to another place. Like, I know at the beginning of this season we were in Kuala Lumpur for, like, the opening scene. But um, I, there's a few other episodes and seasons i think where we cut to a different place but um yeah it's, it's not something that happens that often i also can i just point out ellis dead halfway through a piss so when they find his body yeah. his, <laughs> his dong's hanging out <laughs> covered
1: in piss like jesus you know you know how uh like if your heart stops beating and everything you yeah, won't lose blood from, yeah all the time <laughs> uh, but then your body does not bleed after death right even if you have like a gaping wound open
2: I wonder uh, if all he's... the people i have murdered colin I, yeah. I, I mean i often see the blood just stop pouring I after just, a
1: while i remember i think it was the movie gosford park if you ever saw gosford park this it's like a murder mystery thing uh but uh yeah they say that in that movie do you think he's still peeing after he dies <laughs> is it possible does a body function like that
2: I think his bladder, well, I mean, like, in all seriousness, like, it is a known fact that, like, uh, uh, when somebody dies, like, kind of, you never see this in the movies and that, but, like, if, say, I died right now and I my bowels were full of shit and my bladder was full of piss, like, eventually your body kind of relaxes and you let go. Like, oh, like, that wasn't a well-known fact for me.
1: I, I know about as much about that as I do about porn. I mean,
2: well, often they're very similar, both of them. depends on what porn you watch. But, um, no, it's, like, it's a thing. Like, like legitimately, like, the movies and all that don't show it. Like, there are certain – like, my, my granddad was a cop, and uh, he – remember he told me the story about they were, like, transporting a body back to the station, and then out of nowhere, like, these, you know, guys, dead as whatever. But then obviously, like, they just sometimes, like, let out. Like, they exhale, so all of a sudden they just, like <laughs> – Ugh, like air will come out of their body or something like that, so it scares the shit out of you because you're like, fuck, like
1: excuse <laughs> <for> like, you.
2: <laughs> I've I've known of stories where like i people have told me like they've been around a person who has just died and you know, whatever, and then all of a sudden
1: <laughs> I I'm hang around with all the sanitary. You. You, you hang around with a lot of people who see death man.
2: <laughs> the circles I roll in, Colin, it's my depressing life. Um <laughs> I'm Batman. But no, like it's it, it's a thing. Like look it up. It's a scientific fact. That like again, like a body, like as you were saying, like with a heart, like the blood stops pumping, so like your body yeah. stops. And then so like right now you have muscles and parts of your body that are preventing you from just shitting yourself right now and pissing yourself right now. It's a function that you've got to go to the toilet. I'm using those
1: muscles as we speak.
2: (laughs) Exactly. You are subconsciously (laughs) holding in your sphincter so you don't shit everywhere. But when you're dead... There's a sentence I never thought I would say on the Oz Network, but tick it off the bucket list. As you die, you don't have that functionality anymore, so it relaxes and you shit everywhere. So... (laughs)
1: I I love there are three key moments in this episode that we actually had to talk about. Nina and Terry, Jack and Palmer, and whether or not his bowels lose control after death.
2: Don't you remember the World Is Not Enough episode over on 007 where I talked about the fact that when Electra is like straddling Bond and she says that thing like about being choked and I was telling about how like the blood flow when you like when people get hung like men get hung. They're, they're, they get an erection, basically, because the blood can't go anywhere else, so it goes to other extremities. So that's why she kind of has that subtle line when she's, like, riding Bond that he's about to die of being choked, that she's basically going to be fucking him as, she di- as he dies. Like, again, Colin,
1: you need to watch porn and look up facts about dead things. It's fucking Interesting. Okay. More porn and more corpses That's what I need in my life
2: <laughs> Not together, because that's wrong <laughs> you Don't Google necrophilia Remember that thing we got you to look up that one time With Dan, I can't even remember what it was Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah What was that? <laughs> I, I don't even remember, but uh, the, Funny, you you might be proud of me I can't believe we're, we're doing this on an episode <laughs> Come on, we got to make entertainment out of the majority of this week people um rossi and i recorded an episode and somebody dropped the phrase queef in the middle of the episode oh yeah and yep. I, I told jamie i'm like or i told rossi i'm like i know what this is <laughs> i'm not i'm not that naive did but, jamie queef then well no in all fairness we <laughs> were watching years ago jamie and i were watching something else and somebody else used the phrase queef and Jamie started laughing. I'm like, what? I don't get it. What is it? And she had to explain to me what it was. So, but but that was years ago. So now I'm in the know. I know what Queef is. <laughs> well, we're watching
2: a show with Queef Sutherland. So, you know. Um...
1: <laughs> Carrie, Tim, and Queef.
2: <laughs> queef is. We got Kiefer on the show. Hey, Queef. Kiefer, have you ever Kiefer? Queef before. Queef? <laughs> queef while eating a quiche, maybe.
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh... I love educating Colin. <laughs> Good sidebars this week. Uh, uh, wh- wh- okay, so what do we got? Are we going to rank this episode uh, and rate it?
2: Can I just... Yes, we will. One, th- Two things I just want to really quickly point out. I love it when they go back to the safe house and, like, the couch is, like, covered with a sheet or something like that. And then we have those two random agents who are just like, hey, Kim, hey, Terry. Like, who are these random agents? Again, why are all the agents at CTU knocking on at, like, 2 o'clock
0: in the afternoon? Like shit's been going down a plane's blown up over the mojave desert like they're just there's passenger
1: up. lists to go through <laughs> that passenger list is very important <laughs> um
2: yeah uh was there anything else i wanted to add i can't remember no yes uh uh we are buying renting bin it. i guess that's what we do first isn't it
1: yeah uh i think this is going to be my third rent of the season Uh, It's definitely not good enough for a buy, but it is not nearly as bad as last week uh, because we got some good moments in here. And I feel like I'm I'm even stronger on the rent than I was at the beginning, but uh, I can't put this as my highest rent for sure, but I'll rent it.
2: Um, Just quickly before I do, I just wanted to add one thing here, according to the 24 official guide. um, I also love how one of the screenshots they use in the book this week is Terry's pregnancy test is positive. Cool. Um, (laughs) And uh, I love here the additional intel. The four songs featured in this episode: are "I'm on the Wonder" by Clifton Chenier, "I'm a Doggy" by Marvin, <laughs> "My Doggy" by Marvin Pontiac, <laughs> "Clocks Grow Old" by I Am Spoonbend. A lot of I Am's this week, and "Louisiana Two Step" by Clifton. So I guess we get. Kim turns on the radio and there's a couple of songs in the bar with Ellis. So <laughs> oh, I,
1: thought, I, I thought you were moving on to something different. You were still talking about the songs where they appeared. Cause I'm like, all right, so what's the trivia for this week? Kim turns on the radio. <laughs> Didn't catch that in the episode. Did, did, did
2: we even mention that Um, Rick comes back this week that she calls Rick? Yeah. And Rick yeah, yeah. I did mention angry? that
1: briefly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good old Daniel Best guest on the Oz network. Um, Great guy. Great, what a what a man! Um, but uh, download his music. Actually, it's not too bad. Um, sadly, Daniel Bess's music isn't in this episode. I'm renting it as well. Um, honestly, like I nearly got brought up to a buy, like a very low buy, just because I think mm-hmm. stuff in this episode. But like, eh, I can't buy it. Like I, you know, as, as strong as the stuff is, it's good. There is a lot of bad. Well, not bad. It's just it's mundane. It's yeah, you know, uh, dull. So yeah, I, I'll I'll join you on the rent. This is my fifth no one two three four five rent and your third rent yes you were correct so
1: yes. so for rankings i'm gonna put this just outside the top 10 we've done 15 episodes so far so this is gonna be number 11 for me Ooh,
2: i forgot did i have to rank this <laughs> um, <laughs> ben's so... like let's
1: say 17
2: this is this is the problem that I knew we were going to face is that I look at these episodes and I can't like I'm literally looking at my four rents like oh. 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. 3 I'm,
1: a.m. I'm a.m. completely in the habit of googling every episode around the middle of my list if I feel it's a middle episode to see where it I- would land
2: Cause I know we only did it a couple of weeks ago. I remember one thirteen Cause that was kind of like the, the conclusion of the blowing up yeah. stuff. And then it cut. So that was no, that was better than this episode. Uh, episode two. Uh,
1: yeah. No, I that been, was, I, episode two is just above this on my list. Yeah,
2: 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. See, I can't remember what happened. I'm going to put this above episode – I'll put this at 12. So I will put this uh, between 1.2 and 1.4. So 1.15 goes there. So sure, that sounds good to me.
1: (laughs) All right, and uh, any teases for what's going to be coming next week?
2: Uh, next week, I think we get the. Um, do we not get the beginning of um, Terry's ridiculous storyline, um, which which I am not looking forward to because I hate 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 that storyline. I went over yeah. this in Nip Tuck. Uh, that this is a storyline that I don't think I've ever seen done correctly ever. It is a lazy storyline that never works. Do not do it. It's <laughs> shit. Um, it maybe works in the born identity. Cause I think that's the whole point of the born identity, <laughs> but don't bring it in halfway through. It is um,
1: the most soap opera thing we're going to get probably ever uh, on 24.
2: Ridiculous. Um, a, a, a random little fun fact here that I'll read out now because sadly, we're not going to get Tony next week. And according to next week's, um, official guide page, Actor Carlos Bernard does not appear in this episode, but Tony Almeida is featured in every subsequent episode in the next three seasons. So for mm-hmm. the last time we will not see Tony uh, for the next three seasons. So there you go. Um, yeah, I I don't have a whole lot more on next week, but there's a bit of action next week, and it's not just Terry throws <laughs> out the pregnancy <laughs> test and misses the bin, so she has to have another shot, rim shot or something. It's not that action. So, no, a uh, bit of... Bit of blowing up shit next week which is always fun
1: all right uh so stay tuned for that as well as whatever else we got going out right now we don't even know when this episode's airing i'm sure we're saying hilarious things throughout the week and uh that tom cruise episode
2: last week was great i can't believe he finally came on the show and admitted he was gay like far (laughs) out
1: how did we do you know what's you know what's morbid to think about One of us could actually be dead by the time this episode. That's how far in advance we record these. We could be speaking to you from beyond the grave and we don't even know it right now. So if that's the case, uh, rest in peace, Rossi. Let's just rest in peace, Rocky. Rocky. (laughs) We're so sorry the way you went out, Rocky. And I hope that uh, you didn't lose control of your bowels when it happened.
2: Again, based on what I've said in this episode, I think I'm going to get murdered or something like that soon. So um, (laughs) let's be honest. If anyone's going to die, it will be me. So um, yeah. Just, uh, just be morbid. Sure, why not? Which Bond actor do we want to kill this week? I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Denise Richards hasn't been called out lately. <laughs> oh, not Denise. Poor Denise. Uh, duh, lady. Um, uh, what was her name? Uh, um, duh. Hannah Stokely. Hannah Stokely. Can I just I, I, by Hannah- can I just see I'm you offended. write her name down? I swear no, I saw no. when I said no. Hannah Stokely. Okay, <laughs> Hannah Stokely needs to die. <laughs>
2: I know people. No, I was mad to say, I'm picking my pen up with anger here, that we mentioned on 007, download now, that I found her on Instagram and messaged her to try and get her on the show. This is a woman with like 100 followers. This isn't like 5.4 million people. Like, I can't imagine that many people message Hannah Stokely and she never even read my message. Like, well, that's <laughs> offended. <laughs>
1: When we uh, when we were doing Bill and Ted uh, month or two weeks whatever last year, and we tried to get an interview with Hal Landon Jr., who plays Ted's dad, yeah. and his his publicist or whatever you want to call it, email back and say thank you, but Hal actually is not doing any interviews at this time. <laughs> I'm like, Hal Landon Jr. won't come on the Oz Network. Leslie, hope we'll do it twice. Don't worry. Why, why are you I've so had, busy, Anna? I've
2: had plenty of people when I've asked for interviews request a fee. And, uh, (laughs) there are some actors that shouldn't request a fee. They should be happy that somebody wants to interview them. So I'm not saying who, but I'm just saying, like if somebody in 2021 wants to interview you, take it.
1: Don't charge for it. Not charging. (laughs) I would probably charge for it too, but I'm poor. Ben doesn't realize this, but I'm charging him just for being here right now. Um, Yes. Subscribe. Uh, find us on Patreon. I don't know if you could read that at the beginning of the episode or whatever. OnlyFans, wherever you can find us. My name is Ryan Chappelle. And my name
2: is Ben. And if you could read what's in my eyes, you'd crawl under a rock and die. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by
0: copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest
2: episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes
0: by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram –